right now on VFN TV, a look at Islam. Why? Because of Ohio State student runs over, a follower of Islam runs over students, his fellow students. We're also going to look at the fact of uncovering ISIS and now they have moral police. And we're going to look at what is a caliphate. And finally, we're going to ask the question, then why in the world with all this taking place, is the Democratic National Convention looking to put a Muslim, the first Muslim congressman over the entire Democratic Party? That and fake news right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV and the daily VFN radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light. speaking on my behalf, but he said what's missing is the urgency of the voice. These megachurches are really cognizant not to offend people, and they're really careful when they get up and preach to people that everybody leaves out there feeling really good. Preachers refuse to preach on the coming of Jesus Christ. Where's the urgency? I have never seen America in the place where we are right now. If you think that all the persecution is going to remain in Iraq against the Christians, you better think again. It's already coming into this country right now. If we don't tell people what they need to hear, God's going to hold us accountable and their blood will be on our hands. Whenever we preach, we've got to preach with an urgency in our voice that we need to be right with God if anything should happen to us. There's things right now in motion that may change our nation almost overnight. And for me to stand here and act like everything's all right, I can't do that. The politicians in Washington may can do that and lead you to believe that everything's gonna be okay. But in the house of God, there's got to arise a siren that says, Blast, 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 attention, attention, attention. Things are changing and they're changing quickly. We've got to have preachers in the pulpit that will say, watch out, warning, warning, red light, warning. People know something's going on in the Middle East. They know something's going on in Iraq, in Iran, in Damascus. They know about Iran. And people that's not even scripturally literate are trying to answer these things and they're missing in a million miles. And God's saying to the preachers, get up and tell them. It's time to talk about what God's doing. People are seeking the Lord. People are seeking Christ. And if they don't find him in the church, where are they going to find him? Got an invitation to come back and the Lord laid on my heart. And that's when Mr. Tuart asked me about, did you have a dream? And I did. When he told me about the coming storm. And as I'm about to go into prayer, I just want to say the Lord had on my heart. I said, I'm not going to share it unless somebody asks me to come. And where's uh, Commissioner Barry asked me to come? And I said, this is it. I was going to share it. That there's another level about to happen. Riots are coming. Riots in the streets are coming. And if we're not careful, uh, shortly after the next election, the anger will mount so much that we'll end up having martial law declared. Loss of life is taking place. If we stay on this road, it's not going to be pretty. It's not, I mean, it's not going to be just us morphing into some socialist, you know, uh, type of 
uh, country, it's going to be, I think, worse than what was experienced in Nazi Germany. In dialogue, trying to understand, because I believe what happened there was a dress rehearsal for what the devil's trying to do in the whole world. I think the way the world is going, the way the U.S. is going, I think there's going to come a time, and it's probably going to be sooner than later, when what I do in a public forum is going to be labeled as a hate crime. Some disturbing news from Russia. President Vladimir Putin signed a law outlawing evangelism and cracking down on house churches. The laws forbid evangelism outside of churches and other religious sites. That means people can't even share their faith in their homes or even on the internet. Well, you don't think God could put a tyrant over America? You don't think God could put a tyrant that oppresses the church? What have we been doing? What have we been doing as a church? Our power doesn't come from some self-declared savior promising that he alone can restore order as long as we do things his way. We don't look to be ruled. God is just. You think this last seven years has been tough? This eight years have been tough? That's just Jehoiakim. Zedekiah is right on the, on the precipice of coming to pass in this nation. We're not going to make it through the times that are coming without being his disciples and more without growing up into our purpose. And that so happens that communism is a system that I disagree with philosophically. I would not prefer to live under a communist system. Uh, I happen to feel that the great moments of history have been those moments when individuals have been left free to think and, uh, and to act. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and join me, join me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. What is happening? Today we're going to look at this Islamic wave of just this radical mindset, and for some time we've talked about it, we've educated you on, on Islam and Islam 101 we have available for you at VFNTV.com, at the VFN Torch, but it specifically says in the Quran some of the things that we're seeing, but we just had a college student from Ohio State fellow student who went through high school and now he's at Ohio State College, take his car and run it into a crowd of students because he's a follower of Islam? Because he says he was afraid? He jumps out of his car and begins to stab his fellow students because he said he was afraid? What are things coming to? We're going to look at that today, but first let's go to Ohio State and see what just took place. Eleven students were hurt in an attack at Ohio State University Monday. The attacker has been identified as a Somali immigrant named Abdul Razak Ali Artan. He was a student at Ohio State, and reports indicate he was a devout Muslim who was angry about the way Muslims were being treated. The attack was similar to a recent ISIS terror attack in France. In this case, the attacker drove his car into pedestrians onto a curb on the university campus and then began slashing people with a knife. A male suspect drove a vehicle over the curb, West 19th, 
west of College Avenue, struck pedestrians. He exited the vehicle and used a butcher knife to start cutting pedestrians. There were multiple injuries uh, related to lacerations or cuts, most likely, as Chief said, from the, the stab wounds from the butcher knife. Certainly that uh, authorities need to treat this as a potential terrorist attack. Investigators are looking into a recent Facebook rant they believe Artan posted. It said, if you want us Muslims to stop carrying lone wolf attacks, then make peace. We will not let you sleep unless you give peace to Muslims. Artan was killed by a campus police officer. There's a huge difference when you're looking at somebody saying, because of their belief system, they're angry with you and they're going to kill you and hurt you and drive a car through your innocent uh, fellow students and, and come out with a knife and begin to stab like we show you this taking place in Israel that was taking place at the club down in Orlando that happened in California. It's happening all around and nobody's talking about how radical this belief system really is. But when you think about it, when you look at ISIS, which, you know, uh, there's many peaceful Muslims, but ISIS, they're going strictly by the, the Quran and what the Quran is saying. And, and take, let's just take a look at it, because one out of every six uh, volunteers that are coming to joining ISIS was the Islamic State, uh, forming a caliphate where, you know, the Quran is the, the leading oracle for their uh, community. One out of six of those are women. And the women are treated so badly in the belief system. As a matter of fact, we're going to take a look right now. Let's take a look. For a group that espouses radical and oppressive views towards women, ISIS has done a remarkable job recruiting them in fairly large numbers. Some sources say as many as 550 of the 3,000 Westerners who've joined ISIS in Iraq and Syria are women. But how does ISIS get women to join a group that's actively trying to take away their rights? Here now, a look at three things you might have heard about women and ISIS. Number one, ISIS believes there is no place for women in war. That is false. While ISIS doesn't recruit women for frontline battle roles, it sees itself as more than a terrorist organization. Its goal is to create a fully functioning Islamic state in which women play a subordinate but nonetheless necessary part. They're expected to cook, clean, and sew for their spouses. Number two, ISIS recruits women through violence. That is definitely true. ISIS reportedly uses rape and brutality as methods to control women and force them to join ISIS. But there are women voluntarily joining ISIS too. The group uses social media to get the word out, creating Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook campaigns promising women devout jihadist husbands and a life in the true Islamic State where they can devote their lives to religion. Number three, men ensure women comply with the morality laws. That is generally true. In most places, men make sure women are accompanied by a male chaperone at all times, are wearing double-layered veils, loose abaya cloaks and gloves. However, in ISIS's Syrian capital of Raqqa, the all-female Al-Khansa Brigade cracks down on immorality. This group of about 60 women enforces Sharia law, arresting, beating and punishing women who dare to show their ankles, wrists or commit another offense. The Al-Khansa Brigade also performs another vital role. They work at ISIS checkpoints, trying to catch infiltrators dressed in women's clothing since men are forbidden from searching women. So they beat women, beat other women for showing their ankles or their wrist. I mean, this is an, the thing about, you know, up doesn't mix with down, right doesn't mix with left. And 
two different faiths, they don't necessarily mix. If, if one says that you're free and you're forgiven and God loves you, and the other one says, you know, God represses you and God says that, you know, you have to be beat for this. That's two different. That's, a, that's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose son is Jesus Christ, he came to set us free. Yeah, we live a Christian life, but it's by, by grace are we saved. So there's a huge conflict when we have a student here that just ran over other students because of his faith in Islam saying that uh, he's angry and how that people are being treated in that faith. It's like, look how Islam's treating Islam. And it's like, you know, we have to make up our mind which way we're going to go as a nation, which way we're going to go as a people. And we are a Judeo-Christian nation. Some of our founding documents is the Bible itself. I mean, think about that. We've talked about that. And we had David Barton on the program talking specifically about those particular things, where we came from and how we got here today the Federalist Papers, and it's like, we just have to make up our mind which way, or go, which way we go. And this young man, it looks like, in Ohio State, who's governor, by the way, Kasich, he said we need to bring in more immigrants from these radicalized areas, and he, he, he stood up for that. He ran for president talking about that. And now in his own state, in Ohio State University, he has one of those Somali immigrants, Muslim immigrants, that was angry because of how things were happening, and he took it out on the students of Ohio. That is so sad. We're going to talk more about this because we've got to begin to understand this, and we're going to look at this. You know, what is a caliphate? We've got to begin to understand, you know, God tells us his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We've got to get some knowledge. What is a caliphate, and why is this taking place after the break? Make sure you join us after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Did you know that Jesus himself said, apart from abiding in him, that we can accomplish nothing? So many people want to be able to do that, but you know what? They don't have a plan to do it. We put together a simple plan for you, and it's at iabide.org. It's iabide.org. Go there and request your plan today. It is amazing how your life will change when you begin to spend time with him who created the universe. He's been desiring that you would do that. It's at iabide.org. Request your simple plan today. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the Data Radio program. Every single day, we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to vfntv.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day plus things that you need to know is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at vfntv.com. In addition, think about this. It's we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices, and online. We're all over the world, and we want to be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. You can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store. You can go to Google Play Store and, or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFN TV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there. You can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. 
You just go to vfntv.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's a it's special areas, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine anytime you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, to, to just say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much and thanks for watching. Welcome, welcome back. Steve, can you believe this doctor right here is showing up today in this community? Yes. And they're talking about how you can live to be 200 years old. Have you seen 100 lately? <laughs> I mean, do you <laughs> yeah. want to go under the 100 for that? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Will me over here. So it's this paleo diet thing or something. They're coming in and it's like, you know, think about that. As Christians, we can top that. Mm-hmm. We can actually say and be right. You can live forever. But anybody who wants to stay in this life for 200 years <laughs> have totally missed out on the reality of eternity. So if you're thinking about going on the paleo diet because you want to live at 100 to 150, 100 to 75, I want to encourage you, you need to meet God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You need to meet my Father. Mm -hmm. We have our testimonies where we shared with you how we met God. When we did that, we made a decision bigger than the decision this professor is making, living 200 years, we decided we wanted to live forever in the presence of God. Amen. Is that awesome? That's very awesome. Awesome. Amen. You can go there, meetmyfather.org <laughs> today. Well, listen, we're, just, we're looking at, at, at uh, Islam, and, you know, if, if you read the Quran, and we have it for you. Yes, we've talked about it. We have it totally that. for you on, uh, on VFN, on the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. And compare the two. When you compare the Bible, when you compare the Quran side by side, one is up, one is down. You know, Jesus is coming from the air. Their Savior is coming from a hole in the ground. Literally. Yeah, literally. literally. And, you know, Jesus is, uh, is, they say Jesus is not the Son of God, but He was a prophet and He has to come back and repent for calling Himself a Son of God and help uh, the Mahi and, you know, what's Mahi, going on. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we said, hey, that's, that's not true. But then they say their Savior comes out of the ground. That's why they're walking around in Mecca. You know, you have to go do your, your yep. journey. And he's going to come out. He's going to put a mark on everyone. Which they say and is a even, good thing. He's even called it. They say it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's not that complicated. You know, if it comes out the ground and it puts a mark on you, that takes you right to what God told us prophetically. Mm -hmm when John was on the Isle of Patmos and God revealed to him the revelation of Christ in the book of Revelation, yep. he says, the beast will come out of the ground. He'll put, he'll put a mark and, yeah. and whoever has the mark, you can only buy and sell. And this is so significant because you're looking at this rise of Islam around the world. You're looking at the rise of, of, of radical Islam. You're looking at people just winking at 
what they don't read, the Quran, the Bible, mm -hmm. and they just start speaking from uh, authority through it. And it's like, wait a minute, this stuff is, it actually says this in the Quran. As a matter of fact, look, let's take a look. A caliphate, what you're hearing again and again, a caliphate is a, a government, really, it's a political system, a religious belief system, all merged into one where it's totally in control like of everything. Cultural. And that's the goal of ISIS. And guess what? This young man, this college student on this college campus in Ohio State University, he did the very same thing. It's the very same thing. Mm -hmm. He took his car, he ran it into the fellow students that he went to school with, and he jumped out and began to stab them with a knife. And thank God for that officer on that campus that stopped him within 60 seconds mm -hmm. of that taking place. This is happening in Israel. It's happening all over the place. And it's like, we have to wake up. What kind of nation do we want to be? Do we want to be a Judeo-Christian nation? Well, we have to begin to live that out. Mm -hmm. We're not going to like demand it, right? That's doing the same thing that they're doing. We got, we got to begin to love God and, and love others and begin to teach truth and to live a pleasing new Christian lifestyle. And God begins to reward us and push back the adversary. But let's take a look. What's this caliphate? When you look at Laith, um, Ahara, his name is Alhara. It's hard to say, Alhari. He explains you know, specifically what a caliphate is, and he just kind of nails it. Just like these women are being beat by other women who are both are in the Islamic faith, that that's what the law says. You can't show your ankle, mm -hmm. you can't show your wrist. I mean, can you imagine? Anyway, <laughs> so in America. <laughs> There'd be a lot of beatings happening. Let's go there and take a look at it now. Let's, let's just look at what is a caliphate. A caliphate is exactly, that is a Muslim nation that is under one ruler. Um, that's what it really means. So, uh, it, it, Muslims uh, would kind of be the, the citizens of this caliphate. Um, they're not, you know, they, they don't have a, a, a nationality in today's understanding, mm -hmm. kind of the Westphalian uh, understanding of what a nationality means. They, their, their allegiance is to um, this caliphate, which is comprised mostly of Muslims. Now, there are non-Muslims under a caliphate where they would be subordinate to the uh, rules of Islamic Sharia. Um, for example, Christians would have to pay jizya, which is a sum of money that goes to the treasury of the caliphate. Um, or otherwise, uh, you know, it would be preferred if they convert, or otherwise if they don't want to pay jizya or convert, they would have to leave. Uh, so ISIS is trying to implement that right now in places in Syria and Iraq. We've seen it in Raqqa, we've seen it in Nineveh, in Mosul. Um, so, yeah, they, that's, that's kind of their main goal. And, and this caliphate is supposed to be all-inclusive in all of the Muslim lands. And after all of the Muslim lands where this, they're part of this caliphate, it expands even further to conquer other countries uh, like Europe. You know, they're trying to take Spain, um, you know, going back kind of a thousand, after they lost a thousand years ago. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of in a gist what a caliphate is. So, so the way to please this young man who's now dead is to convert, is to get in servitude and pay a jizya or pay a tax, tax, which by the way, President Barack Obama was talking about wanting to work towards making that fit in a tax exempt status so you can make a, pro, a, a donation to your, to your um, not, not jizya, but the, to give towards mm -hmm. the mosque and use that money, which one-sixth of it, I believe it says, is towards jihad, which would be you're supporting war mm -hmm. in the context of that. And he says you got to pay this tax. That's exactly the very first war that America ever fought. The reason why we have the Marines 
is because of the shores of Tripoli, the song, the Marines, which you know about. Mm -hmm. The Barbary be, Coast. A Marine. Yeah, the Barbary Coast is because they were actually charging jizya for American, uh, American sailors who were being uh, uh, taken captive and held until they either became converted or went to mm -hmm. the servitude. And that's what the Quran says. It's not like they're not doing what the Quran says. It's the fact is, is that is it right or not? And and we say in America that you shouldn't beat the women for for showing their ankle or showing their wrist. Um, although modesty might be a, a good idea, but not that's crazy. And then um, you know people make a choice to follow God. You can't force people to follow God. But it's like a political system. As a matter of fact, look at this comparison. This is a comparison with Judaism, with Christianity, and with Islam, and it just nails it. Take a look. In a plot twist so strange it's hard to believe, Christians, Jews, and Muslims all trace their lineage to the same man, Abraham, and their physical roots to the same place, Jerusalem. The religions believe in many of the same prophets, and even the basic framework of many key prophecies. Obviously you had Abraham, who's the father of Isaac and Ishmael. Now on Isaac's side, he was the father of Jacob, who became Israel, and obviously that's the father of the Jewish faith. Uh, and then on the other side, you had Ishmael, and then you also had Edom, uh, or Esau. And it was out of those individuals on that side of the, the Abrahamic family that many of the Middle Eastern nationalities derive from. Now, Muhammad, the founder of Islam, claims to have been a direct descendant 2,600 years after Ishmael. It's interesting because um, we all share that common rootage. As a matter of fact, uh, there is an exhibit at the New York Public Library called The Three Faiths, and three faiths all beginning with uh, Abraham, so to speak. Jews, Christians, Muslims all point to Jerusalem as the epicenter of their faith, and they all believe that that is where all uh, history will wind up, in part because Abraham uh, was touched by God there, was, was spoken to and communicated with God there. All the three major religions, uh, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, believe in the return or in the coming of a Messiah that is going to bring peace, where peace is going to reign supreme on earth. But who the Messiah is and how that peace is achieved is very much in dispute. The Jewish faith believes the Messiah will be human and will oversee a period of great transformation on earth. There will be a resurrection of the dead. There will be the return of uh, justice. There will be true peace amongst all peoples. Um, the rebuilding of the temple uh, will take place. Now there are those who take a bit of a different stance and say, well, it's going to happen uh, through human development, not necessarily in the hands of one person, but collectively it will take place. The messianic beliefs of Christians and Muslims represent a sort of anti-parallel. Similar stories told from very different perspectives with very different outcomes. I think of it as, as a photographic negative of each other. Christians believe the returning Messiah will be Jesus Christ. Islam's savior is the Mahdi, who will emerge as the Pope president and general of the world. According to the Bible, the Antichrist revives an empire. According to Islamic end-time view, 
the Mahdi revives an Islamic empire. In the Bible, the Old Testament prophet Daniel says the Antichrist will set up his seat of authority on the Temple Mount in Israel and will actively persecute and martyr Jews as his enemies. Islam teaches the Mahdi will operate from the same Temple Mount in Jerusalem and will cause Jews and other non-believers to either convert to Islam or die. On the biblical side, the Antichrist will specifically use the method of beheading to uh, martyr his enemies, to destroy his enemies. On the Islamic side, it's within the Quran that says, strike the necks of the unbelievers. Some translations actually say, behead the unbelievers. Revelation 13 says, the Antichrist will have an assistant, a false prophet. It refers to him as a dragon in the clothing of a ram or a lamb. On the Islamic side, Muslims believe that Jesus returns. Again, they call him Isa al-Masih. He comes back as an assistant to the Mahdi. And he tells all of the Christians of the world, your Bible is corrupt. I never claimed to be the son of God. I never died on the cross. The Christian religion is false. Islam is the true religion, and you need to follow the Mahdi. The biblical Antichrist will reign for seven years. The Mahdi, seven years. Both religions talk about a mark of the beast. Christians believe it will be put on the forehead, wrist, or forearm of those who follow the Antichrist. Only those with the mark will be allowed to buy or sell goods. The Bible teaches that anyone taking the mark will ultimately be cast into hell. Muslims have borrowed this concept of the mark of the beast. Muslims actually teach this individual uh, known as the Dabat al-Ard. He is the beast of the earth. It comes up out of the earth. They believe he will be a literal beast. And it says that he will mark the foreheads of all true Muslim believers. So on the Islamic side, Muslims are actually hoping to be marked with the mark of the beast. The Islamic faith also believes in an antichrist figure called Ad-Dajjal al-Masih. It refers to him as the false Jewish Messiah, or Jewish King, who returns claiming to be the Son of God, claiming to be Jesus Christ. And the anti-parallel continues. So when you look at Revelation 19, this is really the quintessential picture of the return of Jesus in the Bible. He bursts forth from heaven on a white horse. He's followed by the armies of heaven. And then it says the kings of the earth gather together to make war against him. And you ask yourself, you say, what in the world are they thinking? This supernatural man just burst forth from heaven, and they think they can defeat him. Well, when you understand Islamic eschatology, you understand these kings will actually believe that Jesus is the Dajjal, the Antichrist, and they will believe that it is their divine destiny to kill him. Richardson believes the Muslim people have been set up by their own belief system to fulfill the prophecies of the Bible believing they are following their savior, when in fact, they'll be following the biblical antichrist. Think about this. The belief system is so important. We're not talking about, they're talking about radical this and peaceful this, but it's like, what does your, what does your Quran say? As a Christian, you would say, what does the Bible say? 
And then you would say, was there ever a time of reformation that took place in your belief system? For us, it was Jesus Christ. God sent His Son, because prior to Jesus being born of a virgin, Father God, Mother Mary, and walking on this earth, we were under the law. It was ruthless. Mm-hmm. The, law, the law said stone. The law said, you know, all these different things that, you know, not the, the same type of things, but similar type of things. But when Jesus came, He came to deliver us from the punishment that's due us because of the law. What you're looking at somebody with a belief system of Islam that they don't even have Jesus. They don't have a Savior. They don't have forgiveness. They don't have love. They have works. You know, one of the reports are that Muhammad Ali, before he passed, you know, being a Muslim, the reason why he signed autographs to he couldn't even sign anymore, because he, he believed, being a Muslim, that your good works stack up for you and you have a chance to enter into their heaven. But you, no, nobody really knows based on what the reports are in the context of that. But notice how the belief system, it's very important what you believe. You will spend eternity, you'll spend eternity, not just this short period of life, you'll spend eternity based on what your thoughts are towards God. Do you believe that He exists? Well, you have to have that in, in your heart. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, or do you believe that He uh, has to come back and repent for calling Himself the Son of God? Those are opposites. Mm-hmm. Well, if you believe that He's not the Son of God, then that means there's no way for forgiveness of sins. Without the setting of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And eternity for you is not heaven, it's going to be hell. It's very important to know the difference of that. So when we're talking about a Judeo-Christian nation, that be a Judeo-Christian Islamic nation, it's, it's their opposites. You can't, in, you can't interject the Quran into the Bible. Those, they don't, they don't, they're, they're, bi, I mean, they're bipolar opposites. One's, we're looking for the Savior from the sky, and they're looking for their Savior from the ground. We're looking not to get the mark, they're looking to get the mark. We're looking not to buy or mm-hmm. sell based on that mark, they're looking, it's a good thing. They're actually going to make war, they're going to believe, the people who are in that belief system who don't get saved, and many Muslims are getting saved, they, they actually are going to believe the, the antithesis of reality, and they're going to think that Jesus Christ, when He comes to make war, is the Antichrist, and He's not. He's the Son of God. Those are the ones that fight Him when the blood comes up to the bridles. They talked about that in the uh, in, in, in Armageddon that mm-hmm. takes place. And so it's so important. It's not something to just jest over. You, need, you really need to know you know, what you believe, and that we need to love the Muslims, and we need to, to share with them the love of God. Like, I think about Kamal Salim. Mm-hmm. You know, we had him on the program before. He's a radical jihadist that came to America to, to oppress us and to take us as his inheritance, and he ends up give, finding Jesus, getting saved, and he's most just in love Turned with Jesus. I mean, he's right. just, he just didn't know. He didn't know that Jesus was authentic, and he was real, and he encountered him. And so, it's not for us to hate folks, but it's like, hey, you know what? We can't be both. We've got to decide, are we going to be up or are we going to be down? Are we going to be a Judeo-Christian nation or are we going to be an Islamic nation? And if your religion says drive a car up into a crowd of fellow college students, then that is not a religion that needs to... to, to Advance. That's it, not it, a belief it, system. That is a war political system mm-hmm. is what that is. And, uh, and so we're fixing to go to a break. But this puts, I want to put this in context because I'm about to talk to you about who the Democratic National Convention, who's, who's putting a Muslim... The first Muslim congressman, they're, they're talking about putting him in charge of the entire Democratic Party. And it's like, what are we doing? Where are we going? And out of 300-something million folks in America, a Judeo-Christian nation, why would the very one thing during this time 
when we're trying to work out our understanding of what's happening in the earth. This is some crazy, crazy times. But first, we have this offer for you. And know this, that not only when you partner with us, that we'll have this offer for you, but know this, we have the green room for you. The green room is special uh, treats and things that we uh, just give just for you, for our partners. We also have specials available for you mm -hmm. that's there. And we have like many, many teachings, prophetic teachings to encourage you. We have so many things to say thank you for you standing with us to make a difference in this world. Here's an offer for you. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Did you know it's because of our partners that we were able to stay on the air? Listen, for your partnership of any amount whatsoever, we have a gift for you. It's offered 2019. Purpose, dreams, passion, success, and significance. A life worth living, a great encouraging message. This is what God says. I know the plans I have for you. These are amazing words, especially since God is the one saying these words about you. Just think about it. God is thinking about you. His plans for you are good plans, plans to bless you and to give you a future. Wow, just think about those words. How do these words make you feel? You'll be encouraged and inspired by these words even more in this message, this important message about living your life on purpose as we discuss finding your purpose in life, the dreams God has called you to, your passion, the definition of success. Not only will you be inspired by this message in this area of success, but you'll also learn how to turn your success into significance, which really means a life that is fulfilled in the Lord. That's right, it's offered 2019. And you can partner with us by going to vfntv.com and click on partner now. Or you can write to us at vfntv, that's PMB 360, 40 West Nine Mile Road, number two, Pensacola, Florida, 32534. Or you can even call us, 844-408-3688. That's offer 2019 purpose, dreams, passion, success, and significance as our gift for you for your partnership of any amount. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome back. So if you're just joining us, we've been having a conversation starting with this uh, uh, follower of Islam student in Ohio State that ran over his fellow students, jump outs, begins to stab them mm -hmm. because of his belief system. And we're looking at, man, his belief system, if he follows the Quran, is the opposite of what the Bible says. But then to top it off, we're looking at what people who are you know, strict in their following of it, you know, ISIS mm -hmm. and caliphates, and you're seeing what's take place. And it's like, well, somebody says, well, that's not what we do. Well, if you run over people in your car because of your belief system, beating somebody because they showed their wrist would be mild compared to... Which is what they teach. What they, what the, you know, the teachings. But this is the strangest thing, and this is one of the things we want to talk about, you know, is, you know, there is no... Uh, when you think about the two major dem uh, dem political parties in America are the Republicans, mm -hmm the Democrats, and then you have the independents, and you have just little bits and pieces of other things. But these are two major parties. So when you saw the president's, presidential candidates running for office, you had the, the one who got the Democratic nomination, which was Hillary Clinton, and the one who got the Republican um, uh, uh, primary, one primaries Donald was Trump. Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump. And so that's what happened. Now imagine this, now that we know a little bit about Islam. There's a lot more we have available for you at vfntv.com. 
of all the things the Democratic National Party is talking about doing is putting this man right here you're seeing on the screen behind me is Keith Ellison. He's a congressman of the United States uh, Congress, and he is the first Muslim mm -hmm. uh, in the history of America to be, understand, in, in Congress, the U.S. Congress. And he's campaigning to be the head of the other party with Republican and Democrat over the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And many of the leaders in the Democratic Party saying, you know, this is, this is uh, a good thing, good way to go. Of course, there's no religious tests and there are peaceful Muslims. But right now, when people in the name of Islam are running over college students, when people are shooting up a club down in Orlando, you know, when, when, um, uh, you're, you're seeing what's taking place in, in California when you're seeing all these things take place. Now it's probably not a good time to say we want this to be heading over the entire, over the, over the entire when party. When you see what the, belief, the, the actual Quran, we're showing it to you, what the Bible says, what the Quran says, we're a Judeo-Christian nation. People are saying systematically you know, that to push Israel into the sea, to, to first you know, kill the Saturday people, then the, the Sunday, Sunday people. Sunday. Well, the Saturday people would be the Jews and the Sunday people would be the Christians. And to either convert, pay a jizya tax, or die. or die. The most intimate term, talking about you know the sword being at your neck, and it's like we're, we're you're seeing the fulfillment of prophecy. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has shown me some very specific things that you know in this past administration they made a covenant at some point with Islam and the mm -hmm. Muslim Brotherhood, and you know they were supporting you know Morsi being the next president in in, in Egypt. They built the whole. Which was Muslim Brotherhood that they allowed in. And, well, and there was illegal for the Muslim yes. Brotherhood to even be active and available in Egypt, but we reportedly, and we showed that to you, the very first speech, the international speech that President Obama spoke was at uh, the Cairo, Cairo University, University, and he invited the Muslim Brotherhood there, mm -hmm. and they began to build a narrative that they were saying that, you know, cotton was invented by, uh, you know, math was invented by, they just started to this positive there, and he considered it his job to defend Islam every negative type, stereotype of Islam, no matter where it was. The United Nations, our president says, you know, that uh, the future doesn't belong to those who blaspheme the prophet of Islam. Which is basically to say Jesus Christ is, is Lord. Lord right. That's blasphemy. That's it. Yeah. And, and so you see this narrative being pushed. And, yeah. and the Lord has shown me very specifically, you know, right when somebody falls, when they fall, when they crash and burn, right before that, they were their most confident. They thought they were going to be rich forever. You know, people were selling their houses, mortgaging their houses, and, and borrowing money to be able to invest in the stock market in 1929, right before it crashed. I mean, right before it crashed, they put everything they had into the market because every, right before you fall, you're at your most prideful point. And people don't understand that because you look so confident. And Israel threw their chest out years ago when this small army was coming against them. They say, who is this country to come against such a big, yeah. powerful nation. And they ended up in Babylonian captivity because God was going, your time has come. You didn't listen. This is going to happen. And we have to wake up because the Lord has shown me a very significant impact. And they're pushing this narrative really hard. And there's not a lot of Muslims in, in America. There really isn't. There's like maybe 3 million mm -hmm. Muslims in America. But it seems like this huge uh, narrative like that, that you know, that, 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 um, this big prominent number, like 51% like of America is Muslim. And it's like, you know, you could be a peaceful Muslim, you could be a rebellious Muslim and not follow the Quran, but the one, the 2% that follow the Quran of a billion follower religion is, an, is bigger probably than the population of America. So it's, it's significant that we've got to be able to say, you know what, you, know, you need to have a reformation and, and re rearrange your belief system. 
You can't be running over college students, shooting up people at a nightclub, going to the workplace that you worked at for years with people that helped you out while you're, you're shooting mm -hmm. in, in, in California and in a recruiting station in Tennessee. Uh, they just arrested somebody in New York who wanted to drive a, a garbage truck right through uh, the Thanksgiving parade. His goal was to do the same thing that happened in France. Nice, France, right? Nice, France. And it just happened at Ohio State University. So we got to make up our mind. We got to think about, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, does does this congressman have the right? Yeah, of course he does. Of course, of course he does. Does this district have the right? Of course, yes. I mean, it, there is no religious test in the context of that. But if your belief system says it's okay to hurt someone, run your car through the crowd, not confront that if you're not going to stand. As a matter of fact, the BBC quoted him. This is what mm -hmm. he said when he was speaking, being interviewed as the first, as you know, Muslims in America, being the first Muslim congressman. What did what did he say to the BBC? He said, the district that I represent is the kind of district where you can have a member of Congress stand up for religious tolerance and against religious bigotry against anyone, but also stand up for the rights of gays, too. So it's like, it's like standing up for everything. And it's like tolerance would be not speaking out right. And this is the perfect time for Congressman Elliot Ellison to stand up and say, I'm this against this right. intolerance from this Muslim young mm -hmm. man who it was intolerant, according to his post on Facebook, according to what he rode his car through the fellow students and ran them over, jumped right. out and began to stab them. That's what you need to be intolerant. That's intolerance. Mm -hmm. That's religious intolerance. When the women are being beat because they showed their ankles, because they showed their, their wrists, that's intolerance. You know, that's when we're seeing these things take place, when somebody's saying, you know, that you need to smite the neck of the unbeliever, that is religious intolerance. That's like, you know what, that, you don't need to tolerate that. And we have to make up our mind. We have to make up our mind. And it's not like, hey, what system do we want to go to? It's who is your God? It's the big question. Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, who do they say I am? Some say you're a prophet. Mm -hmm. Some say you're this. And, and Peter says, you know, but you are the Son of God. And he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. But, but he said specifically to them after he talked about, you know, who do they say I am? He says, who do you say I am? And that's when Peter said that. This is the, this is the ultimate question. An FBI agent on Fox News was asked this question because they were talking about, you know, uh, James Foley and the other prisoners that were uh, held captive by radical mm -hmm. beliefs in Islam. And they were being forced, either you're going to convert or you're going to die. And he said, that the journalists asked the FBI, FBI agents, well, what would you do? What would you, if they said, you could, you know, say, deny Jesus Christ as the Son of God, accept Muhammad as the way to, to a possible whatever. And this is what the FBI agent, I mean, the FBI agent, he knows. He said, that's every man's test. And the test is getting bolder. It's getting black and white. Mm -hmm. It's getting yes and no. It's getting true and false. The blurriness is going away. You got to make up your mind, who is your God? Are you your God? Is money your God? Is America your God? Is your religion your God? Or is Jesus Christ your God? That's what's so awesome about Jesus Christ. It's good news. The gospel is good news. That's what we deserve. We deserve the punishment of death. We deserved all these things coming against us. We des we, we, all of our righteousness, everything that we ever did right, it's like filthy rags. It really is. But God so loved us. He was in love with us that while we were a mess like that, where Islam beats you, 
radical Islam beats you, people who follow the Quran beats you and put you in servitude, God says, I'll die for you. Where their God says you have to die for him, mm-hmm. our God sent his son to die for us. It's just completely bipolar opposites. But see, this is where the rubber hits the road. If you think this is a political solution and a political answer and you're trying to be popular with everybody, you can be popular on earth and not popular in heaven, you can have some serious problem. This eternal question, men are being brought to a point of decision in America. America, you know, the city on the hill, you're looking like we may have a reprieve. Well, listen, this is what Chuck Pierce said, and we don't have that word. I wish I had that word to be able to, to, for you to hear it. But he says, people are going to say, peace, 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 peace. He says, but there's not going to be no peace. So we're getting brought to a point of decision. And some of the things the Lord's shown me that, you know, in what uh, Kamal Salim said, he said that the, the Border Patrol told him specifically that, um, um, was it half a million? Over two, I believe over 250, or 450,000 radical Islamists. Over 450,000 people who believe this way, not Muslims, but radical, in other words, they believe what the Quran says and live it out, have already come across our borders. They're already here. They're already here. here. But you think about, well, how could that be? Well, if there's three million Muslims, 450,000 is just a partial part of those. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have to wake up and understand, you know, and this is what God says. He says, if you see this sword coming against you, it's very interesting that he says, I'm fastening a storm against you. I want you to stand up on the wall as a watchman, and I want you to tell them the storm's coming. Mm-hmm. And he calls the storm a sword. Or literally saying And sword. Islam is a religion of the sword. sword. I mean, it's like, get a word picture here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, this is like Sesame Street. And so he says, but when you see the sword coming against you, if you repent, if you say, you know what, Lord, we've sinned against you. We've been making our own gods. As a matter of fact, our next program, we're going to have for you, you've got to see us, this abortion doctor on her knees, and she's praying, thanking God for guiding her hands as she takes the life of children. I mean, she really believes this system. Mm-hmm. We've got to make up our mind. You know, what do we believe? We have to be solid in our faith. We have to be solid in our confidence. It's not for this life we live. But here we are at this particular point. You know, America's being brought to a point of decision. And the watchman, we've been warning. I mean, we've been talking about mm-hmm. it and letting you know. There's a storm coming. The enemy has nothing on God. There's no wisdom of a man that can succeed against the strength of God. But if, in fact, we, tar- we keep our backs turned toward God and we don't turn back to Him, then He can allow, mm-hmm. you know, some difficult times to come to our nation. And so I want to encourage you right now, and we're about to go to, to a, uh, we might not have time for that, but I want, to, I want to encourage you right now to be, begin to say, you know what, I'm going to live my life for God. You know, and I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to love Muslims. I'm going to love uh, the, the non-religious. I'm going to love Christians. I'm going to love my family. I'm going to love my husband, my wife, my children, my parents. I'm going to begin to walk out the truth. I'm going to be a Christian, a Christ follower. I'm going to begin to live a new Christian life. And one thing that we have available for you, and we're so excited, it was launched this year, is uh, Emmaus Road. Jesus said this, who is the Son of God? who came to reveal the heart of God to us, the love of God to us, to make a way for us to be in the mm-hmm. family of God. He, his purpose was to come and save us for, and forgive us when we repent, but also to told us to become his disciple. We have to learn the word of God. We have to learn what Jesus expects from us. And it's something you want to do because there's safety in that. As a matter of fact, radical jihadists don't take over your nation when you're following mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, that's what happens. 
And that's available for you right now. We had that for you. It's at Emmaus Road. We have two different ways you can take it. You know, we have those that are members of the VFN family across the nation. But we also have non-members, so it's totally up to you. But begin that journey of becoming a disciple. Because he said, this is what he told his disciples. He says, go into all the nations and tell them this good news. What good news? The good news I just said. And those that accept him and believe him, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, and then teach them to be my disciples. Right now, the statistics are not too good for where we are as Christians in America. Like 81% of Christians don't even pick up their Bible at all. And out of the 19% to do, only 3% of follow it, according to George Barna, in a way that is the way they should live their life, which is a disciple or a Christian lifestyle. Somebody that follows Jesus Christ and yeah. ab abides by His Word. And, and, and to me, that, that's where the difference is because you said it is when you know Jesus, you want to abide by because he says, those who are my disciples know my teachings and follow my, which is love. Right. And we want to express love to him and love to others. And that's, that's where it all begins. And you look, too, you see, you know, if you, you watch a couple of car accidents because they ran a red light, you don't think these red lights are evil. You start thinking, you know what? I'm going to stop at the red light. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens if we live our life outside of what God says, we get injured and bad things happen to us. God doesn't do them to us. We actually bring them into our life by making wrong decisions. But mm -hmm. when we follow the righteous path and, and, and abide with God, He empowers us to be able to do that. We can't do it in our own strength. Uh, we can do it. He leads us, and all of a sudden, we're stopping at red lights. We didn't stop it before. Yeah. And guess what? We're not getting in an accident. Our marriages are making it, possibly, or your family's making it, or you're making it, at least. So I want to encourage you today, if you haven't made a decision, a clear decision of who your God is, if you don't know who Jesus is, we want to introduce you to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can go to meetmyfather.org. That's meetmyfather.org and, and hear our stories, read our yeah. stories, and you can meet Him today. I want to pray with you right now. Father God, we love you. We pray for protection over our nation. We pray that you would comfort those students who have been stabbed by knives, who have been ran over by cars in Ohio State University. We pray for wisdom for our governors, wisdom for our president and Congress. Lord, we pray for, for wisdom over the leaders of this nation that we would uh, turn back to our Judeo-Christian roots. We would turn back to you, Father God, that this sword would not have to be brought against our nation, God, but we would stand and we'd be the city on the hill. We'd be light again, Father God, the sender, Lord, of resources and and missionaries around the world, dear God. Lord, we ask you right now for a third great awakening. Dear Lord, end abortion, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray in Jesus' name. God bless. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at vfntv.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. Pat, you know the great thing about uh, all of our VFN radio listeners is that so many of them are connecting to us on Facebook. You know, we have a Facebook page. You may be listening today. You may not be aware, but we do. And you can go to facebook.com forward slash VFN TV, or you can go to our VFN TV.com and click Facebook. Be a part. Like us. 
Tell your friends to like us. We're creating a virtual stadium where everyone can connect and be a part and get fresh updates on everything that happens that day on the program. Don't forget, go to VFNTV.com and click Facebook.